Hey, welcome to the Teal Shirt Report, episode number 47. We're listened to in as many as 36 states across the United States, and we're international uh, in Northern Ireland, um, you know, really all over Europe, uh, the UK, Germany, New Zealand. We're listened to internationally. And again, we're listened to in as many as 36 states across the United States. My name is Scott. I'm your host on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're going to talk about the Jaguars' first preseason game. Well, it was a difficult loss. You look at the scoreboard, the Jaguars lose 23-13. There was a long kickoff return uh, that the Jaguars had in this game that was called back early in the game due to a penalty on, I believe, Andrew Wingert on the uh kickoff return so that took a little bit of uh, the momentum away from the Jaguars I think honestly I think the Jags were only a big play or two away from this game being much different Trevor Lawrence was six out of nine passing and we'll go right to the stats now I mean the biggest stat obviously is always the game score uh, where of course the um, Jaguars lost on the scoreboard uh, 23 to 13. When you take a look at some of the stats, I mean, Josh Hammond, an undrafted free agent who played a lot, I believe, in the second half, uh, he had six receptions for 55 yards. Tavon Austin, who, quite frankly, is fighting for a roster spot. And let's see, Tavon actually got a touchdown in this game. That's right. And tight end Tyler Davis. Uh, caught a touchdown pass as well. Uh, again, uh, Tavon Austin scored a touchdown. And uh, really back backup tight end, Tyler Davis, who was a late draft pick of the Jaguars uh, by former GM uh, Dave Codwell. Um, of course, Davis, uh, Tyler Davis was actually a uh, – he was, I believe, a seventh-round pick very late – in last year's 2020 NFL draft. But so those are the two guys that scored. Um, of course, Tavon Austin and Tyler Davis scored the only two touchdowns for the Jaguars. What was interesting is uh, all the points, all the points came about in the fourth quarter. And we're going to take a look at some of the, you know, some of the uh, latest stats. Um rushing the football. I thought the running game was not bad, but it wasn't good. I mean, you had uh, uh, Derry Ogbawali, eight attempts for 24 yards, so he still only averaged about three yards a carry. Um, let's see, James Robinson had a couple little nice runs, um, three attempts for 13 yards. He didn't play that much, though. Three carries, 13 yards. Obviously, at 4.33 yards per carry, he had the best night. Carlos Hyde, two attempts for four yards. Uh, Jake Luton ran the ball once for three yards. I think Jake came in, what, in the fourth quarter. Travis Etienne really only ran the ball once for two yards. So these are some of the stats that uh, we are looking at uh, with the Jaguars. Of course, um, Josh Lambeau missed a field goal as well in this game. So that's some points that uh, could have been on the board. I think overall, Josh Lamb was a very good kicker. He just happened to miss one in the first preseason game. Uh, he was over one on field goals. 
He did hit his uh, one point after attempt. The Jaguars went for two on the other touchdown and did not convert. So one of those things, I mean, we can take a look at the stats all day long. Trevor, um, Trevor was what six of nine passing, so so not that you know not that bad for a first time out. Um, we do have access to all the stats. We'll run down some of the stats as we continue uh, here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, uh, brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with great creation tools, um, improved enhancements and features. I mean, we've seen a lot of improvements and enhancements in Anchor over the past almost a year now. And, of course, Anchor by Spotify is is what they're known as now. But Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make, make a podcast. It is free to get started. So keep that in mind, Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Also, Saucer Realty for your North Florida real estate needs. See Larry Saucer, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate needs. Saucer Realty in North Florida. You can find a link to getting in touch with the folks at Saucerility by going to bigjreport.com, scrolling all the way down until you get to the weather information. And about halfway through the weather, which we keep updated daily, the 24-7 North Florida weather on bigjreport.com. And about the middle of the weather report, you'll see a link for Saucerility. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio, a lot of New and improved things coming to LakeUfallahits.com, uh, too. That's internet radio where it's all good. LakeUfallahits.com. Simply check it out. LakeUfallahits.com where it's all good. So we do want to thank our sponsors, Anchor.fm, Saucerility, LakeUfallahits.com. And, of course, yes, you can follow us at BigJReport.com. We talk Jaguars football, Jacksonville Jaguars football. North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well. And, you know, we talk about SEC football here on our podcast as well. More to come. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Stay tuned. Okay, so not the best start for the Jaguars as we uh, talk more about preseason game number one on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. The Jaguars lost to Cleveland at home. It was at TIA Bankfield here in Jacksonville, Cleveland 23, the Jacksonville Jaguars 13. Uh, When you look at the stats, I mean, you know, there's some things that the stats say, and then there's some things kind of, you know, that aren't in the stats. Um, I do know that uh, Trevor Lawrence got sacked a couple of times. I mean, the first play I saw Trevor play uh, as a Jaguars uh, QB in a preseason game, he got sacked. He ended up getting sacked twice, maybe some offensive line issues. I think on one of the sacks, Trevor said he may have held the ball too long, and I think Coach Urban Meyer said that as well. But it was his first NFL game though it was a preseason game. And, hey, that's what the preseason games are for. They're to get the bugs out where the young guys can kind of get their feet under them a little bit. Let's face it, Trevor may be a generational quarterback, but he's still a rookie in the grand scheme of things, right? So Trevor still went six out of nine, certainly didn't embarrass himself. 
Uh, Trevor Lawrence, probably his best play of the game was a 35-yard uh, completion pass to wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr. So some good things did happen. Uh, when we take a look at the stats, um, you know, the Browns kicked a field goal in the, th- the first quarter, got off to a 3 nothing lead. The Browns added 10 more points uh, in the second quarter. However, the Jags' defense played pretty good. The D-line, it's an improved D-line. The Jags have added a few new players, and they still have some of the the best of what they they had on the team last year. Um, A guy that even last year Doug Marone liked a good bit, uh, Devon Hamilton, he pushed the pocket a couple of times uh, for the Jaguars, and we got to see more of that, of course. But uh, the defensive line looks better. The back end, I think, is going to be really good. You got some guys back there, even C.J. Henderson. Uh, looks like he's going to be a good player now that I guess he's got through, uh, you know, the, the COVID issues. You know, not only do you have C.J. Henderson back there, but you got Tyson Campbell. And those are young guys. I mean, let's face it, C.J. Henderson's only in his second year. Uh, Tyson Campbell's a rookie. But you do have Shaquille Griffin, the veteran back there, who's kind of the leader among the defensive backs. I think the back end is going to be pretty good. Uh, The Joe Schobert exit, um, most people feel like, hey, Joe didn't perhaps fit the scheme is why he was dealt to Pittsburgh and why he's on the way to Pittsburgh. Um, There was also some other talk by – uh, Coach Meyer, that, you know, some of these moves that are made, the NFL, you know, is a different animal. I mean, you know, Joe's making a good bit of money. They're trying to get a little bit of relief, even though I think and uh, Urban wasn't completely sure at the moment because he was kind of in the coaching mode. You know, I mean, this is a lot to, to really uh, dissolve or maybe the better word is to digest because, you know, Urban's coaching the team, but he's got a lot to do with player movement. You know, he does have general manager Trent Bonke to lean on, you know, with salary camp issues and things of that nature. But I think, you know, obviously Joe Schobert, the main reason, in my opinion, was he was probably not a good fit for the 3-4 scheme. The Jags are going to be running in 2021 with players coming from all over, faster linebackers. Um you know, the nose tackle or the defensive tackles, they're going to be key in pushing the pocket. That's going to be a key, especially with, with as many, you know, as much passing as goes on in the NFL. And the Browns are a pretty good football team. They're considered to be a playoff football team. So a tough loss, 23-13 to 13 on Saturday night, August the 14th. Uh, the Browns got three points in the first quarter. Jags were held scoreless in the first quarter and the second quarter. The Browns added 10 points in the second quarter. Browns kicked another field goal in the third quarter. And uh, the fourth quarter, though, belonged to the Jags. The Jags got two touchdowns. Uh, Taven Austin, does he make the team? Maybe, maybe not. Um, my my. Bet would be he doesn't make the team because of a numbers game. Let's see what happens. But Tavon Austin, a veteran guy, 31 years old. You know, he was with, he's been with several NFL teams, started out with the Rams in St. Louis, played with the Rams in Los Angeles. You know, he played with the um, Cowboys briefly, the 49ers. And now he's at the point of his career where he's 31 years old. And does he have a, another good year? 
or two left? That's always the question with veterans. Does he make this team? Well, he's making a good case for himself. Um, another guy is Laquan Treadwell, who's been playing pretty well in practice, you know, and in the games, scrimmages. Um, but he's not – neither one of those guys are liking my my top five. However, Treadwell or Devon Austin, they could still make the team. We still have two more preseason games left. You know, the Jags will be playing um, – uh, they got a game with New Orleans coming up, and of course we'll run down the the schedule. I mean, the regular season's coming up quick. It's only three preseason games. So you got to make these preseason games count, uh, with, you know, without a doubt. Uh, taking a look, going back at uh, you know some of the stats, we talked about T- Tavon Austin uh, scoring a touchdown. Also, uh, backup uh, tight end Tyler Davis out of Georgia Tech, only his second year in the league. Caught a touchdown pass as well. So we take a look at these uh, passing stats. We did take a look at the rushing stats earlier. Um, you know, Logan Cook is the punter. Logan had another good night. Four punts, average 55 yards a punt. You know, and at the price they pay Logan, you know, and he's been with the team now, what, about three years. You know, Logan Cook had an average of 55 yards a punt. Josh Lambeau missed a kick. He did make his PAT. And then the other touchdown, the Jags elected to go for two. So let's take a look now. Let me pull up the quarterback numbers. Give me a second. We'll pull up the um, quarterback numbers for the Jaguars. Of course, Trevor Lawrence started the game. Um, You know, we told you Trevor went six for nine, 71 yards. His long pass was a 35-yard completion to Marvin Jones, Jr., um, Gardner Minshew, I tell you, Gardner maybe had the worst performance of all four of the quarterbacks. Again, it was just game one. I think Gardner in his rookie season had a real bad performance in his first game, and then he got better and better and better. So you take a look at Gardner. He was four out of eight passing, 47 yards. Um, Gardner did throw kind of a goofy interception on kind of a long pass down the field. He was also sacked. I mean, let's face it, the Jags offensive line, of course, they were changing guys, you know, from the first half to the second half, et cetera. Um, let's see, Jake Luton got sacked once when he was playing in the fourth quarter. Uh, Trevor Lawrence got sacked twice. Gardner Minshew got sacked once. That's four sacks you know, on the Jags offensive line. But keep in mind, they were playing, you know, a few different people in the second half than in the first half, of course. Quarterback rating, C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard had um, a touchdown pass. Jake Luton had a touchdown pass. Um, still in all, Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. There's, there's scouts all saying, man, he looks like he, uh, he he's going to be a really good quarterback. I think what happened to the Jaguars early in the game, particularly – they just did not get that, you know. I'll, you know, I'll bang on the desk here. They just did not get that one or two plays, the killer plays, the long plays that you know put you in position to score early in the game. There was a kickoff return that went a long way, not a, not for a touchdown, but a lot of yards, and it got called back, you know, on a, um, I guess it was a clipping or a holding penalty on special teamer Andrew uh, Wingard. 
and Wingert um, actually got hurt later in the game. I think Wingert ended up getting a concussion uh, late in the game as well. Now, the first play I saw Trevor Lawrence play, he got sacked. And he, so he couldn't do much on that play. Got sacked twice uh, in the game, but otherwise Trevor was six for nine. Everybody says, you know, he looks like he's going to be really a good quarterback. You know, most of your scouts, your experts, so-called experts, quote-unquote experts say, man, he's the real deal. Like I say, he didn't play much. You know, six out of nine, he got a first quarter opportunity, and I think he played a little bit more than the first quarter, right? Then uh, Gardner Minshew came in. I mean, everybody was kind of, um, you know, Gardner and Trevor played a little bit less than the other guys, though. Uh, let's see, Jake Luton was 8 for 13, primarily in the fourth quarter with 53 yards. The guy that you've got to say had the best performance was C.J. Beathard, 13 of 16 passing, 102 yards, had a touchdown pass. Looks like his long pass was 13, while Trevor's was 35. Um, so C.J. CJ Beathard was uh, fairly efficient with a passer rating of 114.1. Luton at 96, Trevor Lawrence at 90.5, and Gardner Minshew just did not have the best night at all. Plus, the interception really hurt his passer rating. Uh, Gardner Minshew at 28.6. So, tough night for Minshew. Actually, a tough night overall for the Jags. The defensive line seems much improved. So, that's going to really make things better on the back end. The back end is going to be pretty good, too, on the defense. And the Jags have some good linebackers. And, we, you know, we were talking earlier about Joe Schobert uh, being shipped off to Pittsburgh. Sounds funny the way I said that, shipped off to Pittsburgh. But um, that I think what Urban Meyer was uh, discussing in a bit of his press conference was that the Joe Schobert situation – you know, somebody asked him during the press conference, was it more of a fit issue? And, you know, in my opinion, it was. In Urban's opinion, he tried to play it off a little bit and said, well, also, we we're, we feel happy about the linebackers we've got. And then there's special teams issues where some of the linebackers on the roster will need to play special teams. So the NFL in 2021 is a different kind of animal. You've got salary cap. Certainly, salary cap comes into play, obviously, with almost every player. Unless you've got a big-time quarterback who's on a big contract that you got to have. And even then, salary cap issues come into play because then you're not able to, you know, put as many high-priced pieces around that particular quarterback, I guess is the best way to put it. Right now, the Jags have Trevor Lawrence on a rookie deal, an expensive rookie deal, because he was a number one overall pick. Gardner Minshew's on a good money deal. Uh, good rookie deal in his um, what in Trevor's. I mean, uh, Gardner Minshew is going into his third year, and now the issue becomes: Is Gardner the number two quarterback, or is it C.J. Beathard? I think they'll both get a shot in game two. I guess a lot of it's going to depend on how practice goes between the next uh, between now and the next preseason game as well. But certainly, we can you know take a look at the stats all day long and kind of analyze the quarterbacks. Uh, we did mention the rushing stats uh, earlier in the podcast. You can go back and listen to this. This is um, podcast uh, episode show number 47, season two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. So, um, you know, I, I know that um, Tavon Austin 
and had a punt return. Let's see, one punt for two yards. Farrell Cooper, one return for 12 yards. So the Jags tried a couple other punt returners. Um, you know, we've taken a look at, uh, obviously, the passing stats. Again, C.J. Beathard, I mean, what can you say? He had the best night, 13 of 16 for 102 yards. And a touchdown pass. Jake Luton had a touchdown pass when he came in in the fourth quarter. So each quarterback got a little bit of work. Um, you take a look at it, C.J. Beathard, I mean, you know, had the most completions with 13, Jake Luton with eight, Trevor Lawrence with six, and Gardner Minshew with four. Things were fairly, fairly evenly dispersed where all four, four quarterbacks got a chance to play. You know, but in the end, the Jaguars lose to the Cleveland Browns, Cleveland 23, the Jacksonville Jaguars 13. So I think the Jags were just a player too short on offense where if they had got another, and this is in most games, if they had got another big player two could open things up a lot better to some other plays, and the game might have turned out certainly closer and perhaps differently. Uh, some of the other preseason scores, I just happened to glance at some of the preseason games um, on Thursday, August the 12th. The Washington football team, formerly known as the Washington Redskins, the Washington football team lost to New England 22-13. to Pittsburgh um, defeated Philadelphia, Pittsburgh 24, Philadelphia 16, kind of the Battle of Pennsylvania. That was on Thursday also. Friday night, August 13th, Tennessee defeated Atlanta Tennessee 23, Atlanta 3. Uh, Buffalo Bills, I believe they played on Friday night too. Buffalo Bills 16, Detroit Lions 15. Mark Burnett was now the quarterback coach with Detroit. Um, also, Arizona Cardinals defeated Dallas. Arizona 19, the Dallas Cowboys 16, just to give you a few other scores. And on Saturday, August the 14th, uh, besides the Jags loss, uh, to Cleveland, 23-13. Chicago Bears and J uh, Justin Fields had a pretty good game for Chicago. Chicago Bears, 20. Miami Dolphins, 13, a final. You know, and again, the game, the, the rosters uh, are all large, 90-man rosters, so you're going to see a lot of players on the field during all these games. Again, the Chicago Bears, 20. The Miami Dolphins, 13. Denver, boy, Denver blew out Minnesota. That's kind of surprising in a preseason game, but but Denver 33, Minnesota 6. And got uh, Baltimore defeating New Orleans. Baltimore 17, New Orleans 14. Cleveland 23, our Jaguars 13. The Jets defeated the Giants in the Battle of New York, right? It was the New York Jets 12, New York Giants 7. Again, the Jets, New York Jets 12, New York Giants 7. Um, hey, Tampa Bay, our neighbors down in central Florida to our south, they lost to Cincinnati, Cincinnati 19, Tampa Bay 14. Uh, Houston beat Green Bay 26-7. The Jags will open with Houston in early September. Uh, Kansas City squeaked out a field goal victory over San Francisco. Kansas City 19, San Francisco 16. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, sounds strange to call them Las Vegas, but the Las Vegas Raiders 20, the Seattle uh, Seahawks 7. Boy, we got about all the scores here. L.A. Chargers 13, the L.A. Rams 6. So that's some of the uh, first week of NFL preseason when we normally don't give you all the scores. But, hey, I kind of broke the golden rule here a little bit today. 
But uh, we talked about the Jaguars, and, you know, it's disappointing when you lose, even though it's just a preseason game. The Jags got some things to work on in practice, and I uh, I like the effort of the defensive line. So there were some good things to look at, but we're going to have to see some improvement. Urban Meyer was not happy about the offensive output, particularly the yardage, particularly the yardage. I believe the Jags were under, you know, they were around 80, what, 85 total yards in the first half, under 100 yards in the first half. Urban did not like that. So he was not happy on the sidelines. You know, no matter what Urban might say in the press conference, you know, he doesn't like to lose. And he did lose his uh, first game in the NFL, although it was a preseason game. We got more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Uh, Stay tuned. My name is Scott. Uh, We'll be right back. We're listening to in as many as 36 states across the United States. And again, thank you for listening to our Teal Shirt Report podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, you're listening in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Wanted to make a little correction. I, I think I might have mentioned Logan Cook has uh, been playing with the Jaguars for thir- three years. This is actually his fourth year. He was drafted out of Mississippi State, you know, about four years ago. And now he's been the Jaguars punter uh, going into his fourth year. I mean, he had a, he had a good night on the um, preseason uh, game number one. I thought what was interesting, there were points made up are brought up during the game that talked about that coach Urban Meyer and the coaching staff, they're going to give every player a grade. They're actually going to get a grade after this first game. So some grades are going to be better than others. And I, you know, I'm not sure that's more of an in-house thing. I don't, I'm, I don't believe they're going to be publicizing that. I mean, from us in the media and from the fans looking you know, on the outside looking in, you know, we all of us kind of have our, our grades and our feelings about how players performed, you know, but the coaches get in there and they analyze the the tape or the video again, and they see some good things. And, you know, obviously they, you know, see some bad things as well. want to talk about National Arena League football uh, for just a moment. It looks like the NAL season has come to a climatic finish. As the Albany New York Empire won the National Arena League Championship, the Albany New York Empire 79, the Columbus Georgia Lions 62, the final. As the Albany New York Empire wins the National Arena League Championship, uh, better luck uh, next year for the Jacksonville Sharks. The National Arena League, I mean, let's face it, they had an abbreviated uh, season due to COVID. Um, there was no season in 2020. In 2021, it was an abbreviated season with an, an eight-game regular season and two weeks of playoffs, and it was a certainly a disappointing season for the Jacksonville Sharks as the uh, Sharks finished at two and six. They still had a glimmer of a you know of playoff hopes if they had a one you know, one of their last two games, but it was not to be, and they finished down near the bottom of the NAL. 
uh, with the Jersey flight. The top four teams made the playoffs, and it kind of culminated into the uh, NAL title game, National Arena League title game, the Albany-New York Empire 79, the Columbus-Georgia Lions 62, the finals. So we did want to mention that the National Arena League season is over with and kaput for 2021. So hopefully next season in 2021, we'll get twice as many National Arena League uh, regular season games. This year, just an eight-game season, we're probably going to expect along the lines of, I'm assuming, 14, 15, 16 games in a regular season next year in the National Arena League. And, you know, I hear uh, rumors that there's going to be a new team or two in the league. And so hopefully the league will get up to seven, eight, nine teams um, going into, you know, 2021 or 2022 now, I should say. So, you know, I mentioned uh, Taven Austin, who scored a touchdown in the first preseason game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Boy, he, this guy, he's had, a, he's had a long career. He's uh, 31 years old, which is very young, you know, at this stage of his life, but it makes him a veteran as a slot receiver in the NFL at 31. So, in some respects, he's considered old as a slot receiver, right? David Austin's 31, played for the St. Louis L.A. Rams from 2013 to 2017. Uh, the Cowboys, 2018 and 2019, San Francisco 49ers in 2020. And he also played a little bit for the Green Bay Packers in 2020. So he's at that point in his career. He's been moving from team to team, you know, almost a team every year now, or two teams in a year. Now he's with the Jaguars in 2021. Does he make the team? It might be hard. The guy got a touchdown, you know, in this game, but it might be still might be hard for him to make the team. I mean, the Jags got a lot of young receivers. Uh, he's certainly not going to beat out, you know, Marvin Jones uh, uh, Jr. I think the Jags are going to depend on Travis Etienne to catch the ball out of the backfield and also at times as a slot receiver. So David Austin, you know, if he doesn't make the team, he's kind of auditioning for the next team. And sometimes that happens, but he did get a Jaguars touchdown in the preseason game. The other touchdown came from, uh, from Tyler Davis, the second year player out of Georgia tech who the Jags drafted uh, last year in 2020. And they used a seventh round pick to draft him. He's going to be more of a backup tight end. And quite frankly, I mean, a guy like Tyler Davis, who scored a touchdown for the Jaguars, I mean, he wants to hang on to his roster spot too. Uh, Tim Tebow, they, you know, some articles came out and said Tim was kind of non-existent. And, and, and to a point it was true. I mean, uh, Tim got a little, uh, a little slight block on someone and helped in a play, just to kind of uh, slight block to keep the player from uh, moving ahead to, to perhaps get involved in the tackle. So, you know, Tebow did his job on that play. You don't have to pancake a guy all the time, but if you can, you know, impede his progress and, and that's all you need to do with a block, um, hopefully in preseason game number two, Tim will have a chance to get the ball coming his way a little bit more often and we'll get an opportunity to do some things by catching the ball. But we'll see what happens, uh, certainly, in preseason uh, game number two. Um, so there were some bright spots uh, for the Jaguars. Um, you know, I think C.J. Beathard played well through a touchdown pass. Jake Luton, you know, after being benched after 
well, he was a reserve quarterback last year, played a couple of games, played played well at times, but then had the four-interception game against Pittsburgh, and he never really saw the field after that again. So Jake Luton had to shake that off. He did throw a touchdown pass in the uh, fourth quarter of uh, last night's preseason game. I say last night's preseason game. We are recording this uh, podcast on Sunday, August the 15th. And we're talking about the Jaguars' first preseason game on Saturday night, uh, August the 14th. So Jake Luton and all the points, the touchdown pass by C.J. Beathard, the touchdown pass by Jake Luton later in the fourth quarter, all 13 points came from the Jaguars in the fourth quarter. So it's quite frustrating when the Jaguars don't score any points in the first three quarters of the game. So there's a lot of disappointed fans. There's frustrated fans. If you look for the the good things, the good part of the lining and the performance, I think the defensive line is showing that they are improved. Uh, I think the back end is going to be pretty good. You know, maybe not the best in the league, but I think the back end's got a chance to be pretty good with Shaquille Griffin and uh, some of the young guys back there. Seems like the Jags have enough linebackers to do, play the middle pretty well. I know some of the linebackers that do make the roster will, you know, like the, uh, I'd say the the fourth or fifth linebacker or the third or fourth linebacker, you know, and it is, a, you know, I got to keep remembering it's a three, four scheme. So you're going to need a lot more line. You're going to need an extra linebacker or two, right? But then you also consider guys like Josh Allen and uh, Caleb on chase on at times as being more linebackers, maybe as defensive ends, but you're going to see, you're going to see multiple type plays from the defense. You're going to see guys coming from all different directions in Joe Cullen's scheme as time moves on. I like his scheme better than Todd Wash's, especially for the talent that the Jaguars have with some fast athletic pass rushers and Josh Allen and Caleb on chase on. So, I see the defense as overall improving, particularly when you compare it to 2020 where the Jaguars were giving up right at 30.8 points a game. That's that's well over 30 points a game they were giving up in, of course, the, uh, the year 2020. So bright spots. I'm going to say the defensive line. I like some of what I saw from the cornerbacks on defense. Uh, Josh Lambeau missed a field goal. That was not good. That was kind of out of the ordinary. I think it was a 37-yard field goal he missed, I believe. Um, Logan Cook, the punter, had a good night, 55-yard average. That's pretty good. I think he punted maybe four times. And some good things on offense. i got to give Tyler Davis some credit. Touchdown catch. Um, I liked Josh Hammond. You know, Josh Hammond. Um, undrafted guy was on the roster. I think most of last year he was signed by the, uh, he was not drafted, but he was signed as a, um, undrafted free agent. He had a few catches in the second half of uh, the first preseason game against Cleveland. He's a guy to keep an eye on, but man, the Jags have so many receivers. They got a glut of wide receivers. Um, we know DJ chart did not play the first game battling some, some injury issues. Um, Marvin Jones Jr. had a good preseason game, including a 35-yard catch um, a pass play from Trevor Lawrence in the first half where he made a nice catch, and it was a 35-yard pass play. So Marvin Jones Jr., he's pretty secure. He's either going to be 1A or 1B 
hopefully 1B because we need to see some improvement out of a young DJ Chark. LaVisca Chenault, Colin Johnson, I still feel like those are the top four guys. I think the battle is going to be for, well, it's, you know, Colin Johnson is not completely safe, but I think he's going to be the number four guy. But then you got a lot of receivers out there. I mean, you look at the roster, the 90-man roster, and I think you've got as many. You know, you got Laquan Treadwell, who we really haven't talked a lot about, but the Jaguars and Coach Urban Meyer like him, Laquan Treadwell. Um, you know, also, you know, we'll mention Tavon Austin, who's more always been kind of a slot receiver in his career. He's 31 years old now. I don't see him making the team, but he's one of those guys, along with Laquan. Laquan Treadwell, uh, Philip Dorsett, and different guys um, battling for you know one or two wide receiver slots. I think uh, the kick returner Jamal and Agnew will probably end up being the sixth wide receiver, but he's he's on the roster to be the kickoff returner. So of course he didn't he didn't uh, he didn't uh, do any kickoff returning game one. They're they're kind of you know they're kind of. Um, they're they're kind of being special with that guy Jamal Agnew because I think they're they're saving him for the season, but uh, you know I will say we did see some some nice things out of the kickoff return except you know except for some uh, you know sadly some some uh, penalties uh, on a long kickoff return. So there's some guys that can return the kicks, but I think in the long run, once the regular season starts, Jamal Agnew. Uh, he's a fifth-year player out of San Diego, 26 years of age, 5'10", 190 pounds. Jamal Agnew is going to be the kickoff returner, and he's going to be at times a slot receiver, maybe not the number one slot receiver, but I think he's going to fill that position of need, probably the sixth wide receiver. So who gets that fourth and fifth spot? Uh, we think the fourth spot is probably going to be Colin Johnson, but who gets that number five spot? There is a lot of competition at wide receiver. Uh, for the Jaguars here in training camp and now preseason 2021. Uh, we've got North Florida Entertainment coming up, other area sports. I know Alex Nunnery has a report on JAA Juco football coming up and the Jumbo Shrimp, for the most part, staying boiling hot in AAA baseball. we got more on the uh, Till Shirt Report podcast coming right up. Stay tuned. Hey, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The game one of the preseason was frustrating. The Cleveland Browns with a 23-13 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, we certainly hope game two of the preseason will be much better uh, for our Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, hope Gardner Minshew gets another opportunity because he had a rough uh, game one. So they're going to take a look at the film. There'll be more practices, uh, certainly, before game two. So let's see if Urban Meyer can get some things corrected and, you know, get some bigger plays, particularly in the first half, you know, of the next uh, preseason game. Um, taking a look at, let's see, North North Florida Entertainment. Uh, we're going to take a look at some concerts uh, that are coming up. 
Let's take a look at what we got coming up around North Florida and surrounding areas. Uh, next big show coming up looks like Santana, Carlos Santana. And these again, these are concerts that I kind of personally recommend. Shows that you know, I may want to go to myself that I you know, like to talk about and uh, promote and um, you know, talk about them, you know, as far as our concert listings in North Florida, Santana, Carlos Santana, that's Santana on Tuesday night, September the 21st of 2021 at eight o'clock PM at Daly's place, uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida, Steely Dan at the times union center in Jacksonville, Florida on Tuesday night, October the 19th of 2021 at eight o'clock PM tickets now on sale for Steely Dan, they are without Walter Becker, one of the founders who passed away, you know, a little bit over uh, three years ago. But Donald Fagan, you know, the main singer and one of the founding members uh, still alive and well at this juncture, apparently. And uh, he will be there, obviously, as the main, uh, you know, the main voice and main, main, certainly main, main lead singer for Steely Dan. Again, that'll be Steely Dan at the Times Union Center in Jacksonville, Florida on Tuesday night, October the 19th, 2021 at 8 o'clock p.m. One of my favorite groups. Tickets now on sale for Steely Dan. Uh, ZZ Top, without Dusty Hill, without Mr. Dusty who passed away a few days back or a couple of weeks back. Uh, ZZ Top, uh, the show must go on. They'll have... Um, Another guitar player that certainly uh, Dusty Hill, you know, had approved of um, for ZZ Top. And ZZ Top uh, will be in Jacksonville, you know, and that's coming up. Let me check the dates on that. I believe that is November. Again, Dusty Hill, bassist for iconic rock group ZZ Top, passed away. He was 72 years of age. Boy, he did it for a long time. Uh, with ZZ Top, without a doubt. But ZZ Top, the show must go on. ZZ Top on Sunday night with a uh, guitar player replacing Dusty Hill. I guess it's hard to replace Dusty Hill, but it's a guy that's that's played with the group many times before and is highly recommended by Dusty Hill. And I, I think there was probably some reference to him being Dusty Hill's replacement when the time came as it has. Uh, ZZ Top on Sunday night, November the 14th at 8 o'clock p.m., that's uh, ZZ Top on Sunday night, November the 14th of 2021 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. Casey uh, and the Sunshine Band. Here we go. Casey and the Sunshine Band on Saturday, January the 22nd of 2022 at 7.30 p.m. That's coming in a few months to the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida with Casey and the Sunshine Band. And again, the concert we've been talking about for months that will finally come off next year in 2022, Elton John. That's Elton John and the Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour on 2022. That's on um, April the 23rd of 2022 at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. And again, that's just a few of the concerts coming up in and around, you know, Jacksonville and North Florida and surrounding areas. Also want to take a look. We do, you know, we do keep up with the SEC a good bit and other area sports. Um, I, I did run up on the USA Today preseason coaches poll. And I'm going to take a look at that now here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Alabama ranked number one. 
are they the best team in the SEC? I think Georgia may be close. Maybe Texas A&M and Florida will give them a challenge this year. But in the USA today, preseason coaches poll Alabama number one, Clemson two, Oklahoma three, Ohio State four, Georgia fifth, Texas A&M sixth, Notre Dame seventh, Iowa State eighth, North Carolina. Boy, North Carolina with Mac Brown ranked ninth. UNC, North Carolina Tar Heels ranked ninth. Cincinnati Bearcats tenth. Florida Gators 11th, Oregon Ducks 12th, LSU Tigers. Coach O, he always says, what does he always say? Go Tigers. LSU ranked 13th. The Bayou Bengals, as they're called by some. USC is 14th. Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Badgers out of the Big Ten ranked 15th. Miami, the Miami, Florida Hurricanes ranked 16th. Indiana Hoosiers from the Big Ten ranked 17th. Iowa from the Big Ten also ranked 18th. Texas um, still in the Big 12, but making plans to move to the SEC in the next few years or maybe sooner. Speaking of the Sooners, they're ranked third, right? We told you a moment ago. Texas is ranked 19th, Penn State 20th. The Washington Huskies, University of Washington Huskies, are ranked 21st. Oklahoma State from the Big 12. Apparently, they're not moving anywhere. If the Big 12 stays afloat, they will either be there or perhaps somewhere else if the Big 12 goes away. Oklahoma State is ranked 22nd. How about this? The uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns are ranked 23rd. Coastal Carolina ranked 24th. And how about Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels? Mississippi, Ole Miss Rebels ranked 25th in the latest USA Today preseason coaches poll. So we thought we'd run up on that. We talk SEC football. So in the top 25 of the coaches poll, you got Alabama from the SEC, then Georgia, Texas A&M, Florida. Then we see LSU as a fifth team. And uh, then you got to roll all the way down to Ole Miss to find another team ranked. So that's six teams ranked. Um, I think there's a couple of dangerous teams that are not ranked. You know, Auburn is one. Auburn will want to fight to get up into that top four. And presently it's, you know, in the top four of the SEC. And I've always said it's Alabama, Georgia, maybe Georgia, Alabama. You got to give Alabama the respect because they went 13 and 0 in a, in a conference only schedule during the, the real difficult COVID year in 2020. Certainly we hope COVID, the situation with COVID um, gets better again. It seems like it's two steps forward and one step back. Uh, with this uh, coronavirus and the the variants, but I don't want to get too much into that right now. We're going to go on and play as we're playing, right? So you got Alabama, uh, Georgia, Texas A&M, and Florida as your top four teams in the SEC. LSU, that could be ranked a little high at 13th, but they got a lot of good athletes over there. Um, I'm not a big fan of Coach O. I mean, Coach O did better when he had a really good quarterback, as most teams, most uh, teams and programs would do. Um, I think LSU got a quarterback hurt, but they still got another good quarterback that's going to be playing. And uh, then we, you know, we go down a little bit further, and we see Ole Miss is um, ranked in there too. But you have to go from LSU at 13th. All the way down to Ole Miss. There's no Auburn in there. No Auburn. And um, I would have to say after the top four teams, I'm going to say LSU, Ole Miss, and Auburn 
you know, as teams five through seven. I think I mentioned that in the last podcast. And perhaps a team not ranked, I'm going to say Auburn's not ranked. Um, I would certainly consider Auburn pretty close to LSU and Ole Miss is what I would say at this juncture. But Missouri, maybe they're that eighth team in the SEC. They could be they they could be a dark horse. I think Arkansas could be a surprise team. Maybe they're the ninth team. But uh, we'll continue to follow the SEC. I mean, we've got you know certainly. Um, uh, great folks that uh, keep us up to date with the SEC, like um, JC, one of our producers, a big expert on Alabama football in the SEC West. Although Alabama might move to the East, you know, in the next um, the next uh, uh, three or four years, or maybe even as soon as next year, we'll see how those changes come with uh, Texas and Oklahoma. When will they move to the SEC? Could be in 2025, as it's speculated, or perhaps as early as next year, probably going to be sooner than later, I would guess. So that's a little bit on uh, college football uh, here on our Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're going to check in with Alex Nunry. You know, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp have been boiling hot. Um, You know, the Jumbo Shrimp won a doubleheader, and then they did not play last night. Um, in fact, I was told by Alex they didn't play due to the fact the Jaguars were playing a preseason game on Saturday night, August the 14th. So they played a doubleheader on uh, Friday night, which would have been, uh, heck, August 13th, right? That would have been the last game uh, for the Shrimp. And that was that. And they'll play, of course, they'll, I believe they're scheduled to play today. But um, the last results we got on the Jumbo Shrimp were the. Uh, the doubleheader victory. So the Jumbo Shrimp now have won 50 games, and they've actually won 51. They're 51 and 38 on the season. Uh, we'll get a couple of uh, recent reports from Alex Nunry on the Jumbo Shrimp. And also, Alex did an interview with one of the JAA JUCO players. I believe it's the only uh, Jacksonville or Northeast Florida school playing JUCO football, the JAA Moccasins. Uh, so we'll get a report from Alex Nunry, I believe, first on the Jumbo Shrimp, and then we'll get a uh, little interview uh, with one of the JAA um, Moccasin Juco football players here in Jacksonville. They are set to play their games. Their home games will be at Clay High School. And their first two games, they'll be playing um, Atlantis will be their home opener, and that's a team out of Atlanta known as Atlantis. And then they will be playing a JUCO team up in Florence, South Carolina. I believe that's the first game at Florence, South Carolina. Then the week after that, they have their home opener against Atlantis. So let's check in with um, Alex Nunnery and get a couple of reports and even an interview with Alex Nunnery, our BigJReport.com sports reporter. Here now is Alex Nunnery on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Alex? What a game. For your Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp last night, August the 6th. And from a terrific crowd at home, Nick Fortes, the designated hitter for the shrimp, had a walk-off two RBI double. For the shrimp last night over Norfolk. Andrew Bellotti got the win for the Jumbo Shrimp. 
But what a start for Norfix. Mike Bauman. Five and two-thirds innings of no-hit baseball. Bauman from Jacksonville University. Also from the great... Your Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp will try to win this series tonight against Norfolk. First pitch is at 6.30 at Shrimp Stadium, 121 Financial Ballpark. Edward Cabrera, one of the Shrimp's best pitchers and one of the Marlins' top prospects, will get the start on the mound for the Jumbo Shrimp. Cabrera hails from the Dominican Republic. All right, we're here with Antoine, a defensive, a safety from Jacksonville Athletic Academy, the Mocs. Tell us how you think of J.A. Uh, how y'all doing? My name is Antoine, uh, Antoine Cooper. Um, from Orange Park, Florida. Well, from Jacksonville, Florida, but I played at Orange Park. Um, what I think about J.A., uh, I think it's a new program, so we're getting everything rolling. Uh, it's something new, it's something to start here in the city for people that need a chance, that don't really have the chance that they need. Um, I'm happy for the program. I'm, I'm ready to see it grow. And I'm just working every day. My teammates working every day, and we're ready to get the ball rolling on August 28th. Yes, sir. It should be a good season for y'all. Yes, sir. It should be. should be. Hey, I hope it good is. Good luck, man. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, thank you for the report, Alex Nunry, talking Jumbo Shrimp and talking JAA Moccasins. Uh, and I kind of learned from that report they're known as the Jacksonville Athletic Academy Moccasins. Most of the kids that play for JAA Moccasins, the Jacksonville Athletic um, Academy, I believe most of them, and they're going to be freshmen and sophomore players because it's JUCO, most of them actually take classes at uh, the old FCCJ, which is now known as uh, Florida State College of Jacksonville, I believe. I believe that's the setup. And, of course, you know, they're going to be starting their season, their first JUCO season. They're going to play their games at uh, Clay High School, I understand, uh, near the Duval County. Uh, Clay County border at uh, Clay High School. So, Alex Nunnery, we appreciate those reports, and we hope to get out to perhaps some of those JUCO games and maybe even some of the JUCO practices of the JAA Moccasins, known as the Jacksonville Athletic Academy. And again, Alex, we appreciate your reports. Jumbo shrimp boiling hot. As we told you a few minutes ago, they're now 51-38. and 38. Looking pretty good. They won uh, both ends of the doubleheader on Friday night. They did not play on Saturday. But uh, let's see. They will be playing. Um, let's see. They're going to play today on Sunday as we record this podcast. Uh, Jacksonville. Let's see. Jacksonville will be hosting uh, Charlotte. Charlotte's 31-57. and 57. And the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, as Alex says, 51-37. and and uh, let's see, 51 and 38, they'll play at 635 for the first pitch at uh, 121 Financial Ballpark here in Jacksonville, uh, previously known as the baseball grounds here in Jacksonville, Florida. What a great AAA season the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp have had. They're 51 and 38 in their first season of AAA baseball. Heck, it's been since the 1960s that Jacksonville, Florida had a AAA baseball team. Uh, the Jacksonville Suns, and 
Then they were had a kind of a short stint in AAA and went to AA, and they were AA for a few decades, and now returning to AAA in 2021. That's been the big news um, for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp that they entered the 2021 season as a AAA baseball team. They're playing, you know, different teams this year that are in AAA, and the latest game, Jacksonville hosting. Uh, uh, the Charlotte Knights uh, tonight at the 121 Financial Ballpark, formerly known as the Baseball Grounds uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. This has been episode show number 47 of the Teal Shirt Report. My goodness, I tried to find a number 47 on the Jaguars roster, and I couldn't find one. Maybe one of the the free agent, undrafted free agent guys is wearing 47, but I couldn't find a, a Jacksonville Jaguar wearing number 47 on the roster. The most famous guy wearing number 47 that I could find when I looked up the information is Mel Blunt, who actually is in the Hall of Fame. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Let's see, Mel Blunt was inducted back in the 1980s. What was it, about 1989? Uh, Mel Blunt an American uh, former professional football player who was a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers of the National Football League, a five-time pro bowler. He won his share of Super Bowls, and he was inducted into the pro football. Uh, he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame back in 1989. Mel Blunt considered one of the best quarterbacks to have ever played in the NFL with his physical style. That made him an incredible player uh, for the Steel Curtain defense. The Steel Curtain was was probably known more as the Steel Curtain for their front four, but he was part of it. And Mel Blunt, Melvin Cornell Blunt, born back on April the tenth of nineteen forty eight, and he's still around with us. And glad glad he is. He's um, seventy three years old now, I believe. Yes, seventy three now. Mel Blunt wore number 47. We salute Mel Blunt on the 47th episode and show of season number two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we want to thank Alex Nunnery, one of our producers of the Teal Shirt Report, and also Brother JC. Uh, JC is also one of our uh, Teal Shirt Report producers. Thank you so much for what you guys do to make the podcast you know, even, even better. Want to thank our sponsors, anchor.fm simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Uh, also saucer realty for your North Florida real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, real estate, business, commercial, see Larry saucer, uh, here in North Florida. If you want to move to this great area of North Florida, see saucer realty, the best way to find the link to saucer realty, go to bigjreport.com, scroll our homepage, all the way down to you see our North Florida weather, which our North Florida weather is on there 24-7. About halfway through the weather report, you'll find the link for Saucerility. Uh, we also want to thank LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good, recognizable hits, rock Saturdays, and so much more on LakeUfallahits.com where it's all good, great internet radio. And, of course, you can follow us at BigJReport.com as well. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, our producers, Alex Nunnery and JC, thank you so much for the job and, and help you give me on the podcast. And you guys have a great day. This has been episode show number 47 of season number two. Hey, we'll be back again real soon. Hopefully, you know, hopefully in game two of the preseason, we might be talking about a victory. 
for your Jacksonville Jaguars. Remember, on the Tilshirt Report podcast, we discuss and analyze Jacksonville Jaguars football and update it. Uh, we check North Florida Entertainment, other area sports, including the SEC Southeastern Conference uh, college football. And, hey, we've been covering uh, Jumbo Shrimp Baseball, um, also uh, JAA, which is new, the uh, Jacksonville Athletic Association Moccasins, the only team now playing uh, Juco football uh, here in Jacksonville. Again, thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode number 47. Hey, you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. My name is Scott. I'm your host, and I'm out. Have a great day. Thank you.